Welcome to the Modern Society Podcast. My name is Stephanie and I'm your host. And gosh, I really need like some really cool intro. I feel like I'm I'm just not cool enough with that intro. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast where I talk with creatives in the sewing industry. And this is my favorite thing that I do. I feel like this is my comfort zone. And I was talking to someone in my everyday life that doesn't so probably doesn't even listen to a podcast. And they said, you know, we we're just talking about it. I was like, well, what do you do? And I said, I just feel so comfortable talking to other people about sewing. And the one comment I get after I talk to people on the podcast is, gosh, you make that feel so easy. And that is the biggest compliment that I can get. I really enjoy this podcast and I want to make it work. I want to get sponsors. I want to get the support from you guys. And to make this keep going, I think that this is an important thing to have in our industry to have these stories out there for our community. I think it's very imperative and I want to see it keep going. So I have a lot of podcast episodes to get up that I pre-recorded, um, so I will try and get those up now, and then I'll take a break at Christmas, and then after Christmas, I'll put some more up, and then I have a lot for January and probably into February. It depends on how how I put them all up, but yes, lots of content. So let's thank our sponsors for this episode. Number one, that is you. You can support this podcast by going to the support button on the modernsociety.com website. You can also click on any of the links that, um, you know, our businesses, if you go and buy something from, um, Craftsy or Blueprint, you can shop through my affiliate link or create a bug or Havels or, um, gosh, anything, Amazon, Love Patchwork and Quilting, all of those, you will, I'll get a small commission for those. So that is my big thank you to you guys for shopping through those links and supporting the podcast. And we also have a couple of sponsors that I want to thank that support the podcast. And that is Havel Sewing. I love Havels. They are so amazing. But more importantly, they have amazing products. They are known in the industry of medical tools. Yeah, that is where they do a lot of their business. And the reason they have a sewing division is because the wife of the owner said, um, hey, I really need some sharp scissors. And that's how they got started on the sewing. So their rotary cutters and all of the products that they have, their scissors and snips and everything are amazing quality and price. And I just love them. Uh, they also have a pink reversible cutting mat that I'm truly in love with. So use the code Modern Society 7 to get $7 off a $25 order, and they have great prices. So go and check that out at Havel Sewing. Sulky Threads. I love Sulky Threads. They have everything from embroidery thread to cotton and steel's 50 weight thread to hand sewing, um, heavier thicker threads. They also have stabilizers. They have, um, uh, if you baste quilts, they have a great base for basting quilts, like a spray based and just all kinds of stuff. They really are an amazing company and have so many things to help a sewer really have all the tools at one stop that they need to make a project. So go and check out sulkythreads.com and also Hobbs Batting. They have all of your batting needs to make your quilts. They also have pillow forms and polyfill. 
they really, um, they're another company that they really have another whole business that they do other than their sewing side. And that is, if you listen to the episode where I talked with Stephanie from Hobbs Batting, they do things for, um, gosh, I think it's like fire equipment or something. So it is really cool. These companies really do a lot of research and to do and to have the best products. So go and check out Hobbs Batting. And if you haven't listened to that episode with Stephanie, it's really super duper informative. Um, go and check that out. Um, let's see. And Love Patchwork and Quilting is the UK's number one magazine for modern quilting. They do a phenomenal job. And they have a lot of the people that we love in the industry have projects and articles. They just are really do a phenomenal job. I love that magazine. And if you're like me in the United States, I have a hard time finding it in my bookstores or I have to drive to the Joann's, which is an hour away to find it. But no longer do I have to do that because I can get it right in my mailbox for 78% off an annual subscription. And this is for U.S. readers. You can pay $39.95 for 13 issues a year which is a huge savings of over $141. All you have to do is click on the Love Patchwork and Quilting link in the modernsociety.com homepage. And just click on that. It'll just take you to the deal and you can get it for $39.95 for 13 issues a year. It is so awesome. Go and get it. And tell Love Patchwork and Quilting how much you love them sponsoring the podcast, by the way. Okay, I think that is um, it. I... I'm only going to give you a couple of suggestions um, because I'm trying to get all these episodes out. So you'll have something to listen to while you're either last minute holiday handmade making or you're in the kitchen like me or you're cleaning or you have kids at home and you just want to put on your headphones. Yes, I'm trying to give you something to listen to for all of those things. Um, I have been, um, really diving into thinking about what I want to do, um, this year or not this year, but next year, I have a really hard time doubting myself. And, and I know a lot of you know that at the beginning of the year I had all this stuff I wanted to do. I wanted to release patterns and I had this book proposal that I've had written and then I got sick and had some health issues and I, I didn't get any of that done and it really is hard and I have talked to other people who feel the same way. It's really hard to not feel like a failure when you go online and you see that you know, other people are doing so much and you just feel like you're falling behind at every corner. So I don't want you to feel that way. And I kind of have this really unique perspective in talking to all these creatives that I talk to on the podcast about, we all kind of feel this way. We all are having, you know, these days of self-doubt and then we have days that are really good and things happen um, that are good. So just know that you're not alone and know that the, that the Instagram pictures are just the best pictures. They don't really show the real life of so many people. So um, if you are like me and you're looking at the end of the year coming and thinking, gosh, you know, it's not really what I wanted to accomplish this year. Know that next year is a new year and you can, it, it's, it's a new slate and you can do whatever you want. So I really encourage everyone to know that, you know, you're not alone. You're not alone. I want you to know that you're not alone. So I am here if you ever need to talk to me.
And <laughs> one thing that I have to say and I have to bring up is my Cricut Maker. I know that a lot of quilters are like, that is a lot of money to spend on a machine that I just don't know if it will be something that I want to use in my sewing room. I have to say I use it so much for sewing, but I also used it a lot for Christmas gifts. <laughs> I found these swell bottles that happen to be on sale at JCPenney, and I bought a whole bunch of them. They happened to be $6. I used my Cricut and some vinyl to personalize them for an easy gift. I also used it to make tags for my breakfast baskets I talked about. Um, on the last podcast episode, and when I say make tags, I mean like I went into Design Spaces, which is the program that you use for Cricut, and got a cool font and it, and then did the shape and even cut out the circle for me to put the string through the tag. And super duper easy. I am not a person that is really good at Photoshop or any of the Adobe programs. And I can get on Cricut's Design Space and do everything that I want to do super easy. It is so user-friendly. I know this sounds like an ad for them, but I promise I'm just telling you my experience. So I went on there. I made these tags. It wrote the tags for me in this cool font. It cut them out. All I had to do was put them in the basket. It is so cool, all the different things that it can do. And I think that the more I have it, the more I see what a valuable tool it is. I mean, Science Fair comes and will do everything that I need it to do to, for my science fair board from the kids, um, any handmade gift, anything that needs to be written. My kids have projects. I now know that I, I don't even have to worry about so many things that, you know, I'm like, how do I do this? I don't have pretty handwriting or I'm not one of these people that can go on Photoshop and make things look crazy awesome. But I can with a Cricut maker and design space from Cricut. Um, so yeah, I have to say that if that is something that you are contemplating on getting, the more I use it, especially during this holiday season, I see how invaluable it is. Also, you can get PDF pattern pieces and import them. There is a, there's a video. I need to make a video to show you guys too, but you can put them in design space and it's this thing called slicing and you can actually get it to where like say you bought a noodle head pattern and it's for a bag and there are pieces if the pieces aren't bigger than 12 by 24 which is the mat the biggest mat that Cricut has then you can put it in design space and it, like all the pieces tell it how many and it'll cut it all out for you yeah yeah it is and you know half square triangles it'll do that it'll do dresden blades it squares oh my gosh there's so many different things so I know that sounds like an ad but it's not I just really want to share with you my experience like it's been amazing especially during the holidays so anyways if you have any questions you're contemplating on buying a Cricut Maker let me know because I want to answer your questions I want to help you have this tool in your sewing room that is awesome all right today's guest I got to see you at the Cricut Makeathon, and I guess that's why I'm talking about it. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But Carolina Moore, I met at Quilt Market several years ago, and she is just one of these happy, bubbly people, and like me, does not mind a conversation with a stranger. And she's so encouraging, so encouraging. When she meets you, she's like, how can I help you? What can I do to help you be successful? And I love someone like that. And when I saw her at Cricut Makeathon, she was the same way. 
she actually has a lot of stuff on her blog about how to use the Cricut Maker for quilting. That was the class that she taught at the Makeathon. And um, I loved getting to know more about her. I loved getting to know more about her. She is so awesome. She's going to school. She is running blogs. She is just doing a lot of things. And I love Carolina. And I hope that you enjoy this chat and get to know more about her and her amazingness. I even found the link for her aunt's art. She sent it to me. Yeah. How awesome is that? You'll know what I'm talking about when you listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, all right. So enjoy this. And like I said, if you have any questions, Carolina and I are open to answering them to help you decide to get a cricket maker in your life. All right. Enjoy. I'll talk to you again in a minute. All right, listeners, we are back with a fun chat. And this maker I've met, gosh, I've met at several different events that I've been to. It seems that we always see each other. And this last time was at the Cricket Megathon. And I was so blown away by how many people she was teaching to use the Cricut Maker to quilt and to cut up fabric. It was awesome. So welcome, Carolina Moore. Thank you. You are, if you've ever been around Carolina, she is so happy and so nice to everyone that she comes in contact with. And I don't know, your energy is infectious. Every time I'm around you, I just get in this different mood of everything's positive. Everything's going to be okay. And I love that. You're not allowed to make me cry at the beginning of the podcast. That's not fair. (laughs) Well, it's true. Um, Gosh. And I was trying to think, was it Quilt market, we saw each other one year. Then when it was that cricket megathon. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I'm surprised you remember me from that quilt market because I've been a listener of your podcast for a while. And, you know, I think that most people's listeners can identify as like you're listening and you're listening to all these like amazing quilters that you get to talk to and saying, you know, one day, one day I'm going to be really amazing. And one day Stephanie's going to be calling me up and we're going to be having a conversation. I know this. Um, and, you know, I listened for years and now I get to chat with you. It's just kind of cool, you know? That's awesome. So just fake it till you make it, I guess. You, I mean, okay, you've been doing so much for so long. You have two blogs. Okay, that is bananas that you have two. Actually, you have three. I have different sites that I keep at like varying levels of of success, I suppose, depending on how busy I am. So yeah, I have two main sites. I've got 30minutecrafts.com, which is actually a crafting site. And it's crafts and projects that can be made in 30 minutes or less. And then I have what was my original blog, which is alwayexpectmore.com, um, which is where I share all my sewing stuff. And there's some lifestyle stuff. And if I've got something like intensely personal that I want to share, then I'll put it on there. Because uh, 30 Minute Crafts is really just about 30 Minute Crafts. It's much more like true to that brand, whereas always expect more.com is me because, you know, more is my last name, M O O R E. Um, and then I have, I haven't updated in forever, but it sits there and it's just kind of funny. I have uh, craftsnark.com. <laughs> so if you want little funny, snarky quotes, um, <gasps> I'm the person behind that one. Um, I love that yeah. you have that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. Rabbit hole of snark that you once you get down it, I get the comments that I got on there. I've been on here for thirty minutes, and I just keep going in the next post. So I think that's funny. That is funny. That's awesome. One day when I feel snarky again, I'll have to go and add more stuff on there. Um. All right. Let's back up a little bit and talk about your background. Um. 
how did you get into crafting and sewing? Did you come from a creative family? All that fun stuff. Tell us a little bit about your background. So I definitely came from a creative family. I actually have an aunt um, who lives in the south of France, and she is an artist. Uh, she works in uh, clay and uh, uh, like 3D, like she'll carve stone. And uh, her name is Helen Van Dongen, and she yeah makes beautiful artwork. Um, she was married to a painter, and they lived in the south of France, and she still lives there. And uh, they made art together. So I definitely have it like in my blood. Um, my mom is also very creative. She'll say that she doesn't really come up with the ideas, but if she sees the thing, then she can make it. But I disagree. She's intensely creative, and her mind is just amazing at solving problems. And when I grew up, uh, when I was in about third grade, we moved into a, a new house that my mom had custom built. She sat down with an architect forever and like he would come over and they would go through and she would design this house the way she wanted it because this was going to be her forever home. And it still is. My parents still live in this house. But one of there was a separate room off of like the kitchen that's called the activity room. And it's the size of a one car garage and it had linoleum on the floor. And it was the room that we got to paint in or make messes in or I mean, it had a full cabinet full of craft supplies. And so I mean, creativity was definitely encouraged when I grew up. I love to hear that because I don't have my own room really, but <laughs> my youngest has a slime station, like seriously set up. I took out closet doors and made it into this closet in our hallway. And yeah. my hope is that, like my hope is that creativity is just part of their life. Like they're always welcome to do that. My oldest is a super reader now, so she would rather read a book, but my youngest still makes slime every day. So that makes <laughs> I mean, it's awesome because when I think you're almost fearless when you're allowed to be creative with no. And when everything is just there, yeah. you don't have to look for it or put it together. You know, the the opportunities to be creative, they're just sitting there. Um, you know, I'm bored. And also my mom was uh, really strict about technology, uh, television specifically. When I was growing up, I was a child of the 80s. So right, I was really fixing to say, <laughs> our technology yeah. was like <laughs> TV. Yes, it was pretty much TV. And uh, so I had, I grew up with three brothers and we were limited to a half hour of television a day per person, which meant that, you know, you could share TV time with your siblings. So that meant a maximum of two hours of screen time per day. And that was it. So you found other things to do. I was a huge reader growing up. And I don't have as much time to do that anymore. So I, I'm an audible listener now yeah. or a podcast listener. So I always love listening to either podcasts or whatever book I have going on audible um, when yeah. I'm working now. But yeah, I didn't do a lot of screens growing up. And I think that helped that I wasn't, I, I was always looking for something to do with myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that it, it was just part of your family. And I mean, Okay, let's all listeners go, ah, oh, dream to design a house that's specifically for our families. <laughs> right? Isn't that crazy? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That would be awesome. So what got you into current day where you sew? I mean, the crafting part makes sense. The sewing part, was that something that was, you know, part of your creative process that, you know, growing up or does something that you kind of picked up later on? 
So that's a really fun story, actually. Um, so I'm I'm an immigrant. My family is a family of immigrants. We moved here to the U.S. when I was seven months old from the Netherlands. Wow. And uh, we landed in Boston. And or well, we settled in Boston, I guess, first. And my dad was doing his residency and my mom um, was you know, new to the U.S. And this was the time when it was really expensive to make a phone call overseas. Oh, yeah. Like you did that for birthdays and holidays and that's it because they were so pricey. And you would write letters and it would take a while to get a response back. So she needed something other than her two kids to just really ground her here. And she found a, a quilting class. And so she took a quilting class in Boston, which, I mean, come on, if you're going to learn to quilt as an immigrant to the U.S. and you do it in Boston, I mean, it's kind of like a fairy tale story. Right. <laughs> so she took a class. She's, it was a class where you were supposed to make these four quilted pillows and like one of them is trapunto and they're, they're hand quilted. And instead of making four quilted pillows, she actually made, she turned them into one like wall hanging quilt and it still hangs in our entryway. But so she caught the quilting bug there. And then uh, she was always a, she always sewed a lot. She sewed a lot of garments growing up and uh, she tried to turn me into a garment sewer, but um, failed because <laughs> <laughs> I can sew a decent garment, like an okay garment. Um, but I'm definitely not like a skilled garment sewer the way she is. I mean, she sewed our swimsuits growing up. Um, whereas I, if I'm going to, sew, I really have to dust off the surgery because it doesn't sit out all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's a skilled garment sewer and she started doing quilting and she started teaching me how to sew. And I'm like most daughters with moms who, you know, I know everything and my mom's dumb, um, <laughs> growing up. Um, so I wasn't like in a mindset to really learn from her. And she saw that. And at that point we lived in California in Southern California and, uh, Eleanor Burns was huge on TV. Um, and we even had a couple of her like VHS tapes. My mom really was a fan of, <laughs> Love of <that>. Elle. <laughs> and I had an aunt who lived in Escondido, which is like in the San Diego area, pretty close by San Marcos where Elle's studio is. And my mom found out that Eleanor was doing a, uh, a kid's quilt class. And it was like uh, president's day weekend, which was my birthday weekend. So she sent me to the kids quilt class for my birthday present that year. Shut uh, up. And so Eleanor wasn't like actually teaching, teaching the class. She had staff who was there teaching the class. But on the very first day, the very first hour, we're cutting all of our strips to make a, you know, Eleanor Burns strip log cabin quilt. And I uh, used the rotary cutter and I nick my finger. I cut my left index finger. It was hanging over the edge of the ruler. Uh. And I just started bleeding and <laughs> bleeding. And so I grabbed my finger and I, there's only like one woman whose name I knew and I believe was Marty. And I first said Marty. And then I realized that she said, don't call me if you're like, if, if you start bleeding, cause I pass out at the side of blood. <gasps> so I said, no, no, anybody but Marty. <laughs> and so, um, we called my aunt to come pick me up and I needed to get two stitches in my finger. And while I was waiting for my aunt to come pick me up, I was sitting on this bench um, and Elle was sitting with me and we were chatting, uh, about, you know, her son and what she does. And, uh, years later I got to teach at Riley Blake Fabric Fest in Las Vegas and Eleanor Barnes was there teaching as well. And, uh, I was able to slip into one of her classes and take one of her classes and I mean, she's still amazing. She came around and she was 
during while everyone was sewing, she came around and was like autographing books. And she's like, she's such a classy lady. Yeah. And as she came around and was at my table, said, I don't know if you remember me, but this was a really long time ago. I was actually in a kid's class and I cut my finger and she says, oh, no, I remember that. That is not something that really happens that often. Like, oh, so she remembered me. And then uh, one of the staffers who had she had taught that class was still an assistant of hers and was there as well. I was like, Oh, you're that girl and you're still quilting and now you're teaching quilting. So that is so awesome. Yeah. It's funny how, you know, things in life come full circle. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. And I mean, can you imagine her thinking back when you were young, you took that class was still who, you know, it's still part of your life. It's actually a huge part of your life. I mean, that has to be so gratifying. I hope so. But I mean, she's got to have a lot of really cool stuff in her life. It's Eleanor Burns. I mean, she's I mean, like, as a kid, she probably has a lot of adults. I would think a kid growing, seeing them come to one of her classes as a kid. Yeah. Oh, that has, that's awesome. And um, so then which came first, 30 minute crafts or always expect? Um, so always expect more came first. And if you, you like go next, 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 next to the whole blog and you go to the very beginning um it was actually uh on card making so i after i had my my first son um in 08 uh he um i was at home and i you know was looking up craft stuff online and i found this community of card makers and they would have these like little contests where they would like set a card layout and there'd be a contest of you know use this you have a week to use this layout to make your best card and then you have to upload it to like their site like upload your url to their site you need a url and so i wanted to join in because i'm super competitive person um (laughs) (laughs) i I try to tamp it down or at least make it fun because it's like truly truly competitive people we are no fun to be around unless we like figure out a way to manage it (laughs) (laughs) so um like I, I wanted to engage with this community. And so I, that's where I started. Um, it was always like an expect more.blogspot.com. But then later on, I found out that you need to have a URL. Like it's better to have your own, like without blogspot in it. Yeah. And uh, expect more.com was already taken. So at that time, there were a lot of like blog lists that were alphabetical. And I said, well, if I have to change it, I'm going to make it always expect more because it's going to start with an A and I'm going to be at the beginning of an alphabetical blog list. That is so smart. That is so smart. So my undergrad degree is in advertising. And one of the things that you look at is, you know, if you're going to be in the yellow pages, because back when I did my degree, the yellow pages was actually still a thing and people actually still had those books. And so being alphabetical in the yellow pages was a bigger deal. So that's why I thought, yeah, I'm going to do always expect more. That is so smart. I love that. And by the way, I really, I don't go to Blogspot. I need to. I mean, not Blogspot, but, um, oh, the one where you can go and look at all the blogs, like your feed reader. Mm, yeah, like Blog Loving. Or- blog Loving. Yeah. Yeah. Because I miss that, and I wish that there was some, I wish it was integrated better in things like Instagram, where everybody's on there, but I wish that it was easier to go and visit people's posts and blogs from those apps. Um, I don't know. I miss that. When I first started blogging, it was, and we used um, Google Reader, 
And yeah. Google Reader yeah. was the thing that we used and we would go through. But then Google Reader phased out and then like Blog Lovin' and Feedly and I think there might be another one like tried to take that spot. But the problem was at that point, Pinterest was already a thing. And so instead of migrating over to the the Blog Lovin' and the Feedly, people just went to Pinterest. And that's when blogging became a little less like personal. Yeah. We still definitely have like an audience and there's like a, a core group that follows certain bloggers. And I think that's awesome. And I, I mean, that's what I do it for. But the majority of the audience now is more of like a transient audience where they're looking for, and sorry, listeners, if this is like super technical and weird, but a lot of people, if you're looking for, you know, I want to do this kind of craft or I want to do this kind of quilt, they just go to Pinterest or they go to um, Google and they just search, you know, like how to make a log cabin quilt and they find the best result that way instead of, oh, you know, this blogger that I've been following is doing this log cabin quilt. I've always wanted to do a log cabin quilt. I'm going to follow along and do it with her which is the way it was when I first started blogging. Yeah, it's definitely different. I totally agree with you that the shift is made. And I mean, I love change. I'm a, a love change. Like I embrace it. But I think it's really hard that um, I also really like stories. And that part was taken out of blogging a lot. It's yep. more, like you said, it's more of, you know, how to do something post are going to be more popular than anything else. Um, yeah. Uh, I, but you know what's funny is I talk to a lot of people that are still pretty big in our community and have Blogspot. And I'm like, or like just WordPress. And I'm like, I can't believe you don't have a .com. And they're like, I just don't want to migrate. I have all this stuff and I'm scared to. So it's almost makes me really nostalgic when I get one of those people on. I'm like, oh, you're still at Blogspot. Well, and I mean, as long as the search traffic can find you with either Pinterest or Google, it honestly doesn't really matter that much. I mean, I've seen some really big names that while they have a custom URL, they're on Blogspot. And it's, I mean, Blogger is a great platform. You don't have to, they take care of a lot of the back end stuff for you and it's less expensive than going to WordPress. Yeah. So I almost go, man, I know that when when I switched, it was like a huge trend to switch to WordPress because it was so much more customizable. Um, but it's so much more expensive. And it, I mean, if you get hacked, which happened to me earlier this year, it's really expensive and such a pain, um, which is less likely to happen on a, like a blogger platform. Yeah. And it is so much work to do the back end on WordPress. I mean, it, it is, if you know what you're doing, it's fine, but I mean, it's just, is, it's so much work. (laughs) Even if you know what you're doing, it's just time. It is so much time on the and computer. Anytime you're working on backend stuff is time that you're not creating. And I think really that's what our strengths are in this community is creating. And that time away from creating just, it kills me. I, I'm not loving that part. Me either. Me either. I really want, I really want an assistant to do all the things on the computer so I don't have to do them. Because, I mean, content is what you need, but how can yep. you do content when you spend so much time on the computer um, or answering emails or whatever? So it's a hard, it's a hard thing to uh, kind of get a good balance on. Um, okay, so you have a lot going on. Listeners, she is going back to school, and she has <laughs> two websites, and you're a mom and a wife, and, like, you work for companies doing all these projects. You are a busy, busy lady, but I just found out and at the beginning of our chat that uh, not only are you doing all those things, like you just wrote a book. Did. So I 
have a book that came out earlier this year. So I guess this podcast is coming out like in the fourth quarter. So it came out like in the third quarter, like October, uh, September, October. My book came out. I got to co-write it with a really good friend of mine, Angie, from the Country Sheet Cottage that we keep, became friends. Um, we became friends through Twitter and Facebook because we're both craft bloggers years ago. And we kept in touch and we went to conferences together. And then a publisher approached us with this opportunity to write a book about glue gun crafts. And we were just, we got so excited about it. This has happened to last year was when they approached us. Uh, Ulysses Press said, you want to write a glue gun book? And we said, oh my God, yes, uh, that would be epic. And so we actually reached out to a couple of our friends. And so we have um, like half a dozen friends who are also in the book and each contributed a project because Angie and I are both really, really like community oriented. We want to share opportunities and successes with whoever we can. We approached, I think we reached out to like 12 or 20, somewhere in between their bloggers, friends of ours and said, do you want to contribute? And half a dozen of them said yes and were able to follow through. Um, and so they got to be in the book as well. So that's really meaningful to us as well, that it's not just our book, but we got to, you know, there's so many times when you're like, man, I would love to be in a book or I would love to write my own book. Or I, I don't know that I'd ever get to write my own book, but I'd love to see myself in print. Like that's just one yeah. of those big milestone things and getting to share that with friends was cool. Yeah. But yeah, we wrote this book. It's called Hot Glue Hacks and Crafts. It's through Ulysses Press. You can find it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And um in some independent bookstores, Michaels is actually carrying it in some of their stores, which is awesome. And it's 50 projects that you can make with your hot glue gun. And we did it completely different than we didn't want just like stuff that you glue together because that's that felt too easy to us. We wanted to really elevate hot glue and use it as like a substrate instead of just an adhesive. Mm -hmm. So glue is the star of the show. We've got like an earring holder that uses actual glue sticks instead of like popsicle sticks. That's awesome. uh, we there's a geode in there that looks like an actual like amethyst geode, but it's made out of hot glue and an Easter egg. Um, but there's flip flops in there that are more than ninety percent hot glue. It's hot glue, some string, and some buttons. And that's like they're wearable flip flops. And um, so I also get to add foot model to my resume because on the back of the book, <laughs> there's a picture of my foot in one of those flip flops. That's awesome. uh, it, yeah, it's really funny. Um, so, yeah, we just we had a blast just thinking how far we could take hot glue with this book. And we finished it. Gosh, I think we finished it in like end of March. And so wow. then having finished the end of March and you have these projects and you're so proud of them and you can't wait for the world to see it. And then it's not till like September, October that the book actually comes out in the world. It's such a long wait. Um, yeah, yeah, that's hard. <laughs> that's really yeah. hard. <laughs> but it's so cool that it's finally here. I mean, it was worth the wait. Absolutely. Um, I, it, it always amazed me the different, ways you can use hot glue one way that I am always really surprised to see hot glue is we as a family watch Project Runway because I want my my girls to see like you can do this if you really want to do it these people are striving to make their art and they use hot glue all of the time all of the time on Project Runway and yeah. I just think it's such a cool medium that like you said sometimes is only thought as a, an adhesive but it's not used in so many different ways so 
what is one of like your favorite projects that's in the book? Probably my favorite project is the geodes. Um, just because they look like real geodes and then you pick it up and it's really light because it's hot glue. Um, gosh, I, know, I did a lampshade where the lampshade is out of hot glue. Oh. Um, and I really love that one because we also got to do the photography for the book, which was fun. And the photo for that book or for that, uh, that project, the lampshade, um, kind of it's next to my bed. And on the left-hand side, you can kind of see a quilt that's actually made out of art gallery fabrics and then a quilted pillow that's like a scrappy quilted pillow. And then also on the nightstand there is a mug that my neighbor made as a Christmas gift that he, like, he's a potter. So it's a, it's he did on a potter's wheel. Um, so just, it has like different creative components that exist in my life all in one photo instead of it just being a photo of the thing. And I like that. I love that. That is special. That's so awesome. And so awesome for you to work so hard on a project. And I mean, I always think of writing a book has to be like birthing a kid. I mean, it's, you know, (laughs) you, the wait, the wait, the wait, and then it's out in the world and you show everybody and talk about it. And I mean, it, it's a lot of work, but it's totally worth it, I'm sure. And um, how awesome that you're in Michael's stores. Congratulations. That is really just cool. Thank you. Yes, it's, it's really cool. So um, one of the things that you and I <laughs> got to do this year was go to the Mountain Makeathon in Salt Lake and work with Cricket. And you taught a sewing class. Um, kind of a beginner's, because the maker cut fabric and Cricut's never had a cutting machine that uh, will cut fabric. And this one does, it has like a little rotary cutter blade that you can put in it. And so you taught a class and you did so awesome. And so I was teaching, I think at the same time as you and I popped into your class and it was so cool to see people that were like I've never I have a sewing machine I've never used it and now I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna make this one later lady Jules had her baby strapped to her in the Uh carrier while she was making on the sewing machine it was amazing so tell us a little bit because I know you probably have it way more thought out a way to say how you can incorporate the Cricut Maker into your quilting and sewing world So when the Cricut Maker came out uh, last year, I was actually there at that event in Salt Lake and they had invited me as a craft blogger. Um, And my contact at Cricut actually didn't really know of me as a sewing blogger, which is so funny that I kind of came into the opportunity the backwards way of I came in as a craft blogger and I was like, oh, by the way, I'm an award-winning quilter. I, I, this is amazing. And I can't wait to use this on quilts. And so I got to be one of the first people who had the maker. I think I had it like the it, at my house the day before it was actually in stores. So just like one day before. And then I had this crazy idea that I wanted to do like a block of the month quilt. But um, follow through over the course of a year with how crazy life is. Like every single month, making sure that I had stuff up at the first of every month. And a month is a long time to wait for stuff. I just thought, okay, no, I'm not going to make it a block of the month. I'm going to make it a block of the week. So I went into the Cricut Design Space, which is their app for making projects, and I designed nine quilt blocks, plus the sashing, plus the binding and borders and all that. And so I made a, a block of the week, and then I filmed all the videos. Um, I filmed video and I did blog posts for how to make all nine of these quilt blocks, and then all the cut files are free for the Cricut Maker if you go to my site. 
um, or if you go to my YouTube, you can click the link and it'll just open up. Um, if you have to do it on a computer, I don't think you can do it on the app yet. But if you open it up on a computer, you, it opens up right in Design Space. And you can cut it right from there. Um, so I just I love that the maker was making quilting more accessible for people. Yeah. People, I hate when people say I'm scared of quilting. Yeah. What are you afraid of? Um, are you afraid of like sewing over your finger? Because up until like this year, I could say I never had sewed over my finger, but then I actually did it and it really does hurt. But, um, you know, you, you just kind of try to keep your fingers away from the sewing machine needle and you should be pretty okay. Um, like some people are afraid of a rotary cutter and I get that because my first big quilting experience, I needed two stitches. So, <laughs> I, um, they're afraid of like ruining the fabric or wasting the fabric and I get the fabric costs are higher, but it, you know, it's just fabric. If you mess up, you just go buy some more and it's really fun to buy fabric. So that's okay. Um, so I wanted to, I, I love that the maker would make that more accessible. And I wanted to like, see if we could build some new cultures out of this, like get some people to really love quilting. So I've thrown it up. It, um, they're now some of my most popular videos on YouTube and the comments that I get on these are all, the, they're just so much fun. And people make this little mini quilt and they send me pictures of it. And it's so the coolest thing to realize that, you know, I, I got to touch their creative life in that way. Um, and I really wanted that when I made the videos, if anyone ever watches the videos, if you just go to YouTube and you put in my name, Carolina Moore, uh, they'll like, I'll come up and you can click on it and see my videos and they'll, they're right there. But when I record my videos, I look into that camera and I just imagine that it's like not the end of a camera lens, but I imagine it being like a toilet paper roller or a, a paper towel roll. And I'm looking through it. And on the other end is someone else very much like me, just like a friend I haven't met yet. And she's sitting on a couch. I mean, or he is sitting on a couch and they're watching this video thinking, can I do this? And I want what comes through that paper towel roll to be, you can do this. And I'm right here. And if you have questions, I might already be answering them because I know your questions, but if not, just leave them in the comments and I'll get back to you and we'll get these answered for you. So I just, that empowering people that you can do this. It's really not that scary because if you mess up, it's only fabric. Yeah. Who gets some more? Um, Listeners, that's what I hope they get out of it. I will have all of that in the show notes. So don't worry about, um, I'll have the YouTube link in, in the cricket block of the week. So I'm doing a block of the month and I did not think that it would be a big deal, but you're right. It is so incredibly hard to do to do the monthly thing. And I have learned through this process. And if you're in the modern socialite block of the month, I love you guys. But I have learned that I'm not a good long-term project person. I am a, I am a project person. I am not a long-term project person. So that was part of you to do block of the week. Well, and I've also, well, I've learned that it helps me to have it, if I have it all done ahead of time, and then I just schedule it out to go up. Yeah. Because there's people who count on that. And I, you know, don't want to be unreliable, but man, I've got two kids and I've got a busy life. And sometimes you just look at the calendar and you're like, oh man, is it the first of the month already? Like, how did that yeah. happen? No, I'm there. Um, I haven't gotten, but yes. And, and I, I have been so, it, it's actually been a big part of like not feeling well this year. It has not helped that at all because it's like this burden that, um, I wish that it wasn't, but it is because like you said, it up so fast but your mini quilt with the cricket is so cute and it teaches such good skills too even if you don't have a cricket I mean I think that your videos are really good at just 
like talking things through and giving you valuable information. And that's what you're doing in that class. I mean, they were learning so much more than to just how to use the Cricut Maker and stitch up something. They were, you gave them such great information. And like, what was your feedback? What did you get from that class? I think people really enjoyed the class. And so I think we kind of like lost track somewhere else when we were talking about like how I started in all of this. But um, after I started my blog and I'd actually started moving it to sewing, I started working at a quilt shop. Um, I worked at uh, Quiltique in Henderson, which is just outside of Vegas, which is an amazing quilt shop. And we, uh, I ran the marketing and special event. They had just created a new position, which was marketing and special events coordinator. And I was the first person in that job. And I stayed in that job until I had my youngest and then decided it was best just to stay home with my kids and then try to, you know, run this crazy business from home. Um, but uh, I got to see amazing, like epic quilt teachers, like national quilt teachers come through and teach. And I mean, part of my job was to walk in there and make sure that the students were doing okay and to take photos, to put them on social media. So I would get little snippets of what they were saying. And one of the first teachers that I saw teach was uh, Jan Krant, um, who does these amazing things with diamonds. And I saw her teach and she was so mellow. Like she was so like, her students were really like into it. And she was making sure that they were like totally comfortable with the process. And then she came out and she had lunch and she had lunch with us in the office. And we were like, oh, so how are they doing? And she's like, oh my God, they're so behind. I mean, we'll get them there. But they're so behind. There's no way her students got the vibe that they were behind. Like they were just feeling that. I mean, that was her stress as the teacher. It wasn't their stress as the students. And to me, I didn't even know at that point that I was going to teach quilting. But I just, as I did teach quilting, I kept that as a lesson of, you know, there are certain things that are going to happen that are going to be my stress. And those don't need to be my students' stress. Yeah. What do I want for my students? I want my students to feel empowered. I want them to have a good time. I want them to feel supported. I want them to feel successful. If possible, I want them to feel completed, that they finish something. Um, because we all know the thing of, you know, going to a class and taking the thing and then walking out of the class with the unfinished thing that is now still sitting there unfinished, however yeah. many days, weeks, months, years later. Um, so those are the things that I wanted. And I got to see other teachers through to come through and watch their process. And then I got to start teaching at Quiltique as well. And I mean, I got to make some mistakes in that process. I at one point had a student because I'm super extroverted, especially when I'm teaching and really into the process. And I looked over it and there was a student who wasn't there. And I said, oh, where'd she go? And the person next to her said, oh, well, she went off to the bathroom to cry in frustration. Oh, no. I was like, oh, my God, like, that's not supposed to happen. When she's she's like she'd gone off to cry. Um, and as a super extroverted person, I would never think to do that in a class. I would always ask the teacher. Like, I have no problem asking the dumbest question. That's fine. I'm going to ask the dumb question. I'm going to get the answer and I'm going to feel less dumb afterwards. And realizing that not everyone is like that, that there are really introverted people who you really just need to check in with them and make sure that they're okay because they're not going to ask the question. It, they, they'll live in frustration before they ask the question. Yeah. Um, so making those kinds of mistakes and getting to learn those lessons and hopefully never having someone leave my class again in tears of frustration um, is important to me that they, you know, they feel like they can do it and they feel like I'm approachable even after the class. Yeah. and. I felt like, I mean, it was 
it was really cool to see you at the Makeathon and to see like you're just it's funny when I see you and how you're a connector and you're a chatter. I love that because like not many people are like us. Like not many people can get a conversation going on pretty much anything. Like I don't have to know you to talk to you. And you're like that. Yep. So it's almost like finally, <laughs> you know, because um and I love that you're like that. We're such a like you do some people there and you were connecting everybody and talking to everybody and making everybody feel like the only person. And that's a special trait to have. Um, so if you ever get the chance to take Carolina class, I cannot say do that or go to her YouTube videos and learn from her. Because um, she does. You make me feel like I'm the only person there and that we're having this this moment just between us. And I'm sure the people in your class at the Makeathon felt that way too. And I'm hoping that we have more quilting classes at the next Makeathon. That was one of my suggestions, like have something a little bit longer, have, you know, more. I think this is going to be a tool that needs to be in every sewing room. It's just so many different ways that you can use it. And it's, it's awesome. Like it just, I made a, <laughs> my husband's secretary who I never know what to get. I got her a water bottle. I put her monogram on it last night and five minutes on use of vinyl from the Cricut and a birthday card with a gift card. So it wasn't just that she got a birthday card and a gift card. I spent $5 at TJ Maxx, got her a water bottle, monogrammed it. And it was a little something special to go with that gift card. And I don't know, I think the Cricut Maker makes those things, like just things like that that you can do. Not every time do you want to sew something someone but the maker does it all so I don't know I think it's an invaluable tool in my craft I use my maker quite a bit as well and I mean one of the things that I do for like a group of mom friends so I, I found a group of friends here in San Diego we moved here to San Diego from Las Vegas a little over three years ago and anybody who's ever tried making friends as an adult knows how painful it is um I say when you're a kid and you're on the playground and you have a red shirt and there's another kid with a red shirt you go wow you have a red shirt I've got a red shirt. Let's be best friends. And then you're best friends, even if it's yeah. just for the time <laughs> yeah. that you're hanging out on the playground. It's that easy to make friends as a kid. But as an adult, it's like, oh, you know, are you my people? I don't know if you're my people. It just, it gets so much trickier. I don't know why, but it just, it gets so much more complicated um, to be friends as an adult. So when you're new in a city and you don't really know anyone, that gets really difficult. But I found a group of, of mom friends who are amazing and it's like, it was a preformed group. And I just, I'm thinking hopefully maybe they had like a Caroline size hole sitting right there. And I just got to slide right in. Cause that's what it felt like on my end that I just like slid into this group of amazing women. But then they started having birthday parties. Like you do, you know, all the women go out to dinner for birthday and I'm like, I don't really know these ladies yet. And so I don't know them well enough to go buy like a, you know, something for their house. Cause I've never been in their house and I don't know their colors. Um, so, and you can find it on 30 minute crafts. Um, it's a second aid kit. This is for the first of the mom birthdays that I went to. It's a zippered pouch that I'd actually bought. I mean, you could make a zippered pouch just as easily, but I already had a zippered pouch that was pre-made and I put two pluses like red crosses on there like first aid crosses but one says second and one says aid and then underneath it says because sometimes first aid isn't enough and I just cut it out out of like shiny um, iron-on with a maker 
and then iron it onto this prepaid zipper pouch. And then inside were little bottles of booze with um, <laughs> like a seven up. Like, so there was like stuff to make seven and seven and stuff to make a vodka crayon. So I put like the mixers as well as the little bottles of booze in there and then just zipped it up and then wrapped it. And that's what I gave. And they were like, Oh my God, this is amazing. You're so like, this is just perfect. It's exact, you know, like, so now whenever we have a birthday with a group, I either make or buy a zipper pouch and customize it in some way and put little bottles of booze in there because it's, I mean, how easy of a gift is that? I love that. And I mean, that would be good for a lot of different things, <laughs> you know, for those people that you want to do something for, but you don't quite, that is such a good idea, but. Um, You're not a person with chocolate because who isn't a chocolate person? Oh like gosh, you I get. Know up with when you put chocolate in there that is awesome I love that and that is like I would never think to do that but you think to do those things so 30 minute crafts tell us a little bit about how that is different from all about more I mean always expect more um tell us a little bit about what we can get from that site and you have um an email newsletter that people can sign up for to get your update yep so 30 minute crafts it's crafts and projects you can make in 30 minutes or less. And it's really, it runs the gamut of all different kinds of crafting because I have not yet met a kind of crafting that I don't love and want to try. And my sewing room and crafting room is a testament to that. As I look around at the disaster in here of just all the, you know, painting or jewelry making, or um, there is some sewing on there because you can make some little sewing projects in 30 minutes. Um, there's uh Every other month I do a series called Craft Lightning where the products are actually 15 minutes or less. So they're super quick, you know, like stenciling things on somewhere or um, there's like crafts with Legos because Legoland is here close by and my boys are super Lego nuts. Um, so there's just all kinds of, you know, things with felt, things that you can make with a maker or the things that you don't have to make with a maker. Um, I was a Silhouette user for years. So there's like some Silhouette projects on there. It's just really kind of there's a lot of like holiday and seasonal stuff because I think that especially for people who who try to say that they're not creative but they really are but they just can't find the time to do it um that holidays whether it be like Valentine's Day or Christmas or Thanksgiving are that okay well it's Thanksgiving I want to make table place cards or it's Christmas I want to make ornaments holidays are when we get more creative so there's a lot of seasonal stuff on there yeah so do you have this stuff like do you have a day in your month where you make and then you just pre-do the post? Are you making all the time for these sites? Because that's a lot. That's a lot of content. Um, no, I wish I was that organized. I wish my life allowed me to be that organized. Um, like to give you an idea of this month. Um, so I'm I'm back in school. I'm doing my MBA um at uh UCSD. And so it's a weekend program where every other Friday, Saturday, I spend all day Friday, all day Saturday at the school. Um, and I actually spend the night there at a hotel. Um, so I'm just, it's like a mini conference. It's two days of learning, except, you know, instead of doing fun conference stuff, I'm doing quantitative analytics. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. Um, but uh, so I've got that two weekends, plus my kids are on fall break. So this week and as we're recording this this weekend, next week is fall break. And then the week after that, I'm running the book fair at my kid's school. Um, and uh, in there, we're also taking a trip to my parents and then to Las Vegas. Um, 
And then, you know, as soon as November's here, I'm going to quilt market, but only half of quilt market because the first half I actually have classes. Um, so it just, it, it doesn't stop. I just have to kind of look at the days and say, all right, what's the priority? I'm working on some projects that are due for, um, some for fourth quarter, um, some pattern work. And it's like, okay, I've got to get these patterns done because everything has to get done by a deadline, even though it won't be out on the market for a couple months, it might have to be done months earlier. I mean, like the glue gun book was done and had to be done. Um, like at the end of like March, even though it wasn't going to be out in the world until later, because other people have to touch that and mess with it and play with it. And um, so, yeah, I just look at the calendar and try to figure out where I can fit in some creativity or some working. And if maybe I can point a camera at it for part of that so that I can put it up on the blog and turn it into a blog post. Yeah, that is crazy. I'm not allowed to complain anymore about being busy. <laughs> you know, I, I do well in busy. Like I like busy. Um, I think it helps for someone who tends to be a natural procrastinator like me to have a full calendar because I can't procrastinate anymore. I have to do the thing. And also I've learned that while I work on most projects on deadline, like things are happening right before they need to get sent out. You can't look at it right before it needs to get sent out. Um, I'm working on, um, a book that should be out next year where I'm just a contributor to the book. So it's not just me. It's a group of people, but it's through leisure arts and it's a quilting book. And I've got, um, some projects that are going to go in there, but I need to get the fabric. So I have to contact the fabric company weeks before I plan on actually touching it. I think so I might still... be doing that book with you. Oh, good. Cause I gave them your name. So that's good. No way. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I gave yeah, them I somebody else's name. <laughs> that is so, thank you. Yeah. You know, I gave them like a dozen names. I said, these are cool people that like I would work with if it was my book to be able to decide who goes in there. And some of them have, got, have said, yeah, I'm doing this book. I'm like, oh, good. You got in there. Um, yeah. Hey, awesome. You got in there. Yay. Thank you. Pat. That's awesome. <laughs> um, connecting people if you're one of my people and pretty much anyone that I've ever met gets to be one of my people as long as you're not like an overt jerk like I can deal with like you know somewhat jerks because I'm kind of a somewhat jerk sometimes we all have that um but yeah once I meet you you get to be one of my people I want all the people to be my people and then when I see stuff that I think would be a good fit then I try to you know get my people in line for that I love it so that's that was really sweet thank you I didn't I mean they didn't tell me that so that was really sweet thank you I'm gonna tell Jenny and you didn't tell Stephanie that you got her name from me? Bummer. I know. But yes, it is true um, that you do things so far in advance and it does take time. And it, it is a lot of process. And I'm really good at a deadline. If you do not give me a deadline, do not expect it because oh. I am a deadline. That is what I do very, very well, meeting a deadline. Not always with the block of the month, listeners. If you're in the modern socialites, block of the month. Not with that. Okay. Well, the um, problem when you set your own deadline is that it feels fake. Well, it's, it's when someone else sets a deadline. That means yeah. they're counting on you, and I don't want to let people down. But when I set the deadline for myself, it feels fake. Like who? Like it's just my deadline. It's not real. Like I don't actually set deadlines. Who am I kidding? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It it it's it is fun to be able work on all these things and and to touch the community in the way that you do I do feel like you're a really big connector and you do take care of the people that that you meet and you include them and I love that about you that you're all about community um I do want before um 
before we keep going, I do want you to talk a little bit. One of your projects that you have coming up is working with Nancy's Notion. So tell us a little bit about that, because I mean, if you haven't been this busy, let's throw some more on that. Okay. Well, so the story with Nancy's is actually really fun and it actually kind of ties into all the stuff they were talking about before and being stupid, crazy. Um, So Nancy's notions, I actually met them at a conference that I went to um, and they're just lovely, lovely people. Um, And by the time this podcast comes out, it should be totally public. So I should be totally fine saying that um, they approached me about writing an English paper piecing book. And I was all on board because I love, I love me some EPP. Um, And I've, I've had the chance to teach EPP at market and demo it at market and teach it in stores and just teach people like when I'm sitting there saying, what are you doing? And showing them how to do English paper piecing. Like I'm an English paper piecing evangelist and I don't yarn. I don't knit and I don't crochet. Um, So EPP is the handwork that I take with me to keep my hands busy. Um, so they approached me about doing this English paper piecing book last year. And I said, yes, sign me up. And we literally did sign me up. And then the very next month is when the hot glue book fell in my lap and was like, I'm so glad that I'm doing this with a friend because there's no way that I would write the English paper piecing book and the hot glue book by myself without going absolutely crazy. Um, so then I signed the glue gun book and 30 days later we had content that was due for that book to just like show our work process. And the week before that was due, um, I was doing dishes in my kitchen and I live in a 1958 bungalow in San Diego. And it had the original kitchen, which meant it had no dishwasher. Um, And if you've ever made like 70 gingerbread houses out of sugar cookie for all your, the kids in your son's classes, um, you uh, know how many dishes that makes. And so I was sitting, standing in the kitchen on one of those foam mats doing all the dishes from making these gingerbread houses out of sugar cookie because gingerbread is gross. And nine out of 10 of you will be nodding right now saying, yes, gingerbread is gross. And one out of 10 of you will be like, what? Gingerbread is amazing. So I'm talking <laughs> to the nine out of 10 of you and saying, yes, I agree with you. Gingerbread is gross. That's why I make them out of sugar cookie. But I was doing all these dishes and I didn't know it because I was standing on this foam mat, but the pipe in the wall had broken. It had like rusted through the lead pipe, the drain pipe, and all the drain water was soaking into the wall and into the cabinets and into the kitchen and into the living room, into the garage during the hour that I was doing these dishes. So I turn off the water. It's like middle of the night and I step off this foam mat into a puddle in my kitchen. (gasps) Um, so this is the week before Christmas. Um, I think we, luckily we rent. It's one of those times where you're like, Oh my God, it's not, I mean, part of it's my problem, but part of it, not my problem because it's not actually my house. And I have amazing landlords who like stepped up and started doing all the things that you need to do when, you know, the house basically floods from the inside. Um, and uh, it turned out that the there was asbestos in the walls and asbestos in the carpet, like underneath the carpet and lead in the glazing of the tiles. And all of these things are fine if you're just living in the house, but not fine if you're about to do major construction on the house. Yeah. So the week before Christmas, we had to move out of the house. Oh my God. We had to pack up as much as we could like get everything, like completely strip the kitchen, the living room, um, so that all the demo could be done. And, uh, they, they demoed that part of the house. They pulled out all the cabinets. They, I mean, if you go to my Craftmore Instagram, I posted some stuff there at the time that it happened. Um, and we moved out, 
uh, we, we were in three different hotels for the first two weeks because they couldn't find a place, the insurance couldn't find a place to keep us. And then we moved into some apartments that are like down the road from us here. Um, and we were there for two months. So I wrote the English paper piecing book while in an apartment trying to get that done. Um, and then once we moved back in, I did the whole hot glue book in less than a month, like my half of the hot glue book. Thankfully, Angie was so on top of it. And her part was like, she's so good. Like her stuff was already done. But she'd like talk me through. I would call like, okay, here's the projects I'm working on today. And I'm going to get through this. And she was like, definitely moral support getting my side done. And I got that all done on time. But then the English paper piecing book, and this just happens is that it, there were other things that Nancy's had in the process. Um, and so it got pushed back in production a couple of times. Um, and it wasn't like, oh, we don't want to make your book. It was like, you know, the, we, these other things have these certain deadlines and we need to get them in and we can't do all the things at the same time. And your book is great, but it can wait a little bit. It's not time sensitive. Um, so it's gotten pushed back a little bit. And so as we're talking right now, I know they're working on putting it together. And so that one, I'm like, I started that one before the hot glue book and I'm waiting even longer for it to be out in the world. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so yeah, I, I, I may have gone just a little crazy during that process. Um, and I've slowly regained some of that sanity back. Um, but I also, I thrive in crazy. And so that's fortunate for me. And I know that not everybody does. And I don't know what I would have done in that situation if I wasn't a person that didn't take crazy energy and just say, Hey, it's energy. I don't care where it came from. It's energy and I'm going to use it. Um, so, but yeah, so I've got that book that's coming out with Nancy's on English paper piecing. And then also they have some, um, holiday patterns that are coming out. And I know I just submitted one of them and the other one is due later this week. So guess what I'm working on today? What? <laughs> Girl, that is crazy. And, you know, I think, I mean, this is my own, I guess, downfall is I always wonder like, well, maybe it's already out there. Maybe what I have to say <clears throat> really isn't. I don't know that it's already been done and it doesn't need to be done again or, you know, who needs what I need to say about that. But I am so encouraged every time I talk to you, you're like, no, 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 you do that because that's you. That's what you need to do. And I feel like you do that so well in your own business that it's so inspiring to me to go. Yes, you do. I need to put my own self out there on what I'm doing. and that doesn't look like what everybody else is doing. It's my own spin. It's my own opinion. It's my own everything. So, um, well, and I think at the end of each day, we look at our to-do list and we look at all the stuff we haven't done. And I'm so guilty of this. And that's why it's so awesome to do a podcast like this, because now I feel like I feel like I could take on the world now. Cause we're talking about all the stuff that I did. Awesome. Right. But we could have a whole nother conversation where we talk about all the stuff that's on that list that I didn't get done, that I didn't get to, the things that I had to say no to because I knew I couldn't even put it on the list or the things that like I tried to put on the list or had and then had to say, you know what, I'm so sorry, this list is really full. I just, I can't, um, you know, or the times that I just, you know, I, did, I felt like less of a mom because my kids had pizza twice in one week because the cooking was not going to happen today or, um, you know, we have to recognize that when we say yes to things, we say no to other things. And yeah. so when I have conversations with other people where they say, you know, or like where I look at them, I'm like, man, how do you do so much? The thing that we forget is that when I look at someone and I see how much they've accomplished and how much they do, I think that they're doing all the things that I'm doing plus the things that I wish I could do that they're doing. 
Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. They're saying no to some of the things that I do in order to say yes to those other things. We all only have 24 hours. Yeah. There, we just, there's, we do. And we all have to sleep some of those. And yes, some people sleep a little less than others, but it, it doesn't really add up to that many more minutes, depending on how much you sleep. Yeah. So, you know, some people like they volunteer at their kid's school every single week and they are there. Or, you know, they they have like a parent or a grandparent or a a child or, you know, a, a brother or sister that they're helping to take care of. Like there's these other things that they do in their life. You know, they check in on their neighbors. Um, you know, most of my social life, other than this group of moms that I finally found, but most of my social life is online. So like they, my friends can be having conversations and sending messages to me and I'm not checking in right now. I'll check in in a couple hours. Um, which is convenient that way because my life gets structured a little easier, but it's less personal. So yeah. for people who get to have like, you know, that you're having weekly coffees with people, that does take time. But man, you know, I don't get to do that. So what would you rather have? And yeah. I'm hoping you say, I hope that I want to have the weekly coffees with people because that, you know, those are the relationships. That's the power. I know. And you know what? It's so that I'm an introvert, extrovert, I guess. And the introvert of me wants to, you know, come home and get creative. But when I do say yes to going and doing with, you know, like a coffee or a lunch or whatever, um, oh my gosh, like so inspires me and energizes me in a whole new way. But like you said, I mean, the, the sad part of what we do and the exciting part of what we do is content and content takes time to to think up and, um, to make and to take the pictures and the videos and all that stuff. So it's crazy. And I I love what you do. I'm so inspired by you. I mean, you're just such an energetic person and such a share. So listeners, I cannot say like, go and check out content. If you ever see her at something, make sure you say hello, because I don't know, you just are infectious in your Mm-hmm. and your amazingness so I am so and happy. I love people so I hope no one you feels do. like if someone does see me it's oh Stephanie said I should go say hello but I don't know like oh that would that would make my week it would make my year so it's like hey I heard you and I felt like I wanted to say hello oh my gosh that's like that's the coolest thing I know like I love people yeah. too <laughs> I oh, do. It's, it's so cool that you get to connect with people and I mean I love that about YouTube that I get to like make videos and connect with whoever finds them. Yeah. And it's so many more people than I'd be able to connect with if than if I taught a class at a quilt shop, which yeah. I have done. But it's also it's again one of those things that I can do on my time. Yeah. Teaching a class at a quilt shop, you know, sometimes I have to find childcare for my kids or you know, because my husband works full time and I can't always arrange for him to have off when I'm teaching the class. So there's a lot of logistics there. But like the video, I just record it when my kids are at school and when I have to go pick them up, up from school, then I stop recording and I start again tomorrow. So I can, it's more flexible on my schedule yet. I can get it out to a ton of people. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Technology is amazing. Yeah. So if you're worried about that, like we are the kind of, I'm not kidding. We are these kind of people. I was at TJ Max yeah. yesterday in the shoe department, totally brought up a conversation with the other lady in the aisle with me. And we, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I had no idea who she was. We were looking at shoes and I was like, oh, those look really cute on you. I was like, I really like that brand. They're really comfortable. And she's like, well, I'm going to a conference. I'm like, who does this? <laughs> who me. does this? Me. I'm that same kind of person. Apparently, it's a type of people. I was at a leadership class as part of going back to school. I'm trying to like 
step into campus life and take some classes. And so it was a leadership class and there are quite a few undergrads in there. But one of the questions that was asked is, you know, are you someone who like has a conversation with someone in an elevator? Yes. Yep. Yes, I am. And it's not even awkward. Yep. It's just, you know. Yeah. I like your shoes. Oh my gosh. Those are so cute with the outfit. I am not kidding you. I love to tell random people that I like their outfits or their hair yeah. or I love that. And it's so funny, the looks that you get, but I don't know, it totally makes my day. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So I, I like to do that or like if they've got a look on their face, like, oh my God, I'm like, you got this. You got this. You're going to get through this. I like to give like a little motivating thing, oh, but yeah. my favorite, <laughs> because I am kind of like, there's a little, like I got a little bit of jerk DNA in me somewhere from someone. I don't know like which relative in my past has given this to me. But um, if someone's wearing a name tag, um, and especially if it's like, they should have taken off their name tag already. They're now in a grocery store. Oh like, God, obviously, they were so something me. earlier. <laughs> um, I like to say, you know, oh, hey, Stephanie, how's it going? <laughs> and they look, they don't know who I am, but I know their name. <laughs> so, so I must, like, know them, right? So now they feel like, like, oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> so mean. Um, but it's so funny. And then I'll let it go for a minute before I'm like, yeah, I know you got a name tag on. I just, I just thought I would. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of funny, but Hey, you know, you just have a conversation with someone and, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. And Sorry, somebody's at my door, but they'll have to wait. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is so random. Um, well, I cannot say thank you enough. I mean, you really just have so much going on, so many cool projects and listeners, if you will tune in to, um, just look at the show notes. I put all the things that we talked about in the show notes So make sure you check those out and go say hello and follow on social and all those fun things. Thank you so much for getting up this morning and chatting with me. Yeah, this is a great way to start my day. I mean, it's early for you, but it, um, I'm at San Diego, so it's really early yes. for me. But yeah. the kid, I got up before the kids this morning, which is uncommon because my oldest, he's, I mean, he'll be up sometimes 530 in the morning. He's oh, an yeah. early bird. Yeah, um, But this was nice. I might have to try to be a morning person. I don't know if it'll happen, but <laughs> a girl can try. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thanks. All right. I hope that you enjoyed that chat with Carolina. I love her. And like I said, she is such an encouraging person. Actually, I had something come through my email for a collaborative book. And I was talking to her about that after the interview. And she was like, oh, yeah, I told the lady that she should email you. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for being that person that really supports other people and encourages other people in the community. Carolina is such a sweet person. So go and check her out. Um, and really, I just can't say thank you enough to her for all the sweetness that she has sent my way. Um, <laughs> I, I really do enjoy her. Also, let's give a big thank you to our sponsors, Sulky Threads, Havels, Sewing, Love Patchwork and Quilting Magazine, and Hobbs Batting. And, um, to you guys, those of you who give to the podcast um, either one time, every week, every month, every year, I really appreciate that. Every little amount 
accounts. So if you want to do that, you can go and set that up at modernsociety.com. Under the podcast tab, there is a support button. Or if you just want to support me by shopping the affiliate links, I know we all shop on Amazon. That's an easy way to do it and support the podcast. You can just click through the Amazon link on the website and shop like regular and I will get a small commission. All right, enough about all that stuff. I have something to tell you guys, and it's a really exciting thing, and I probably should have made a bigger deal about it than I did, but I went past a million downloads. Yeah, I went past a million downloads, and I'm not even at episode 200. So for me, that just, I don't know, it's amazing. I'm proud of myself. This is something I really, really, really enjoy doing. And I really hope to financially figure out how to do this and make it work so I can continue to do this. A million downloads is huge. That means a million times this podcast got downloaded. I've only been doing this for four years and it is really something I feel like I'm I'm good at. And I love sharing the stories in this community. So thank you guys so much for a million downloads and I appreciate each and every email. So thank you. Happy sewing.